go back into South Bend's history. 20 years, 50 years, 100 years, and what do you see? You see groups of people working to bring change to this city. They had different ideas of what that change should be. They didn't always agree. And their problems sometimes looked different than ours. But in every era, there were groups of people for whom positive change was their life goal. This podcast, South Bend's Own Words, features the voices of people who helped make the city change. We'll play you selections from the Indiana University South Bend Civil Rights Heritage Center's oral history collection with the goal of telling you a more complete history of the city. It's the story of many cultures, not just one. It's the story of South Bend. Anita Roberts is descended from one of the first families of color in South Bend. Though she was born in Chicago, at four years old, her mother returned her to the family home. Her roots in this city run deep. In the first decades of the 20th century, her grandfather worked as a foreman at the Studebaker Wagon Factory. Her grandmother was a domestic worker in the Studebaker's family home. In fact, that's where they met each other. South Bend's African-American community was quite small then. Perhaps because it was so small, the white majority didn't exclude people of color from public spaces. In the first decades of the 20th century, millions escaped the brutal racism of the American South to head north. The African-American population of northern cities like South Bend doubled, tripled, even quintupled, and white people began reacting. Anita and her family, like thousands of other African-American families, became subjects of racist micro and macro aggressions. As an adult, Anita moved to New York. She had a long career, first as a union activist and later as a representative for the International Council of Shopping Centers. She participated in one of the Freedom Rides, fighting against segregation in a Maryland lunch counter. She even got to meet some of the 20th century's iconic civil rights leaders, like the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King. In 2005, IU South Bend Civil Rights Heritage Center's David Healy spoke with Ms. Roberts. They shared her family's long history in South Bend and how it shaped Anita's life Anita and career. Roberts. Good morning. Good morning. Now, we were just talking briefly before we started, and you mentioned that uh, you came to South Bend at the age of four. Right. And your mother had family in South Bend? That's My why My mother you came. was born in South Bend. She uh, came back to her family home. My mother's... Uh, was John Powell's daughter and Don Katie Powell's daughter. She was Farrell Powell's granddaughter. Ah, okay. Um, you mentioned your grandfather. He worked at Studebaker? Yes. So he was an African-American who was a foreman? Yes. And this would have been oh, early, early 30s. Early, yeah. yeah. So he was foreman of what division? The wagon wheel division. Wagon wheel division. So they were making wagons right. when your grandfather right. was there, not right. cars. And he was foreman. He was foreman. So um, he must have known one of the Studebaker brothers. Yes. My grandmother used to cook for Studebakers when she came here from uh, Cassopolis. Okay. And that's how my grandfather met her. So she worked at Studebaker. 1880. She was a cook. In 1880, she worked with Studebakers. Mm-hmm. So you you started school. Where did you go to school at? Went to elder school. What was that like? Well, uh, it was a good education, really. I must say that. Uh, I went to school. I was the only colored child in the school. 
and uh, it was it was different. Well, shall I say it was about the same as any uh, kid's childhood in school up until maybe fourth grade. Then, of course, the parents became cognizant that this was not a white child. And so the birthday parties that I went to, up to that point, I wasn't invited anymore. So about nine or ten years old, yes. you noticed a Yes, there was a difference. A difference. Yes. My mother had went to the, um, just a little hamburger place down on the corner of Western and Maine. And she decided she would get a couple of hamburgers and whatnot. And the man put them in a bag and handed them to her. That was the first first time in my life that I had ever knew, and I didn't know why he did it, and then she just took them and said, let's go home. And uh, I realized that there was, there was that barrier at that time. So do you remember what year this would have been? You would have been what? Maybe 37, 38. But she was born in 1885, I think. The uh, colored community at that time, ate in all the restaurants. So when she was growing up as a young... There, there was no segregation. They could go anywhere. But it seems that with the, um, the war, more coloreds mm -hmm. came to South Bend. Then, then is when the segregation began, is when there were more people. When there were just the people who had been there all these years, the Powells and the, that whole group of people from Olivet, uh, there, was, there wasn't segregation, but why? Uh, what I was told is that as more coloreds came, then it be, they, they began uh, segregating. So when did you, uh, you left Elmer School? Elder, and Elder, went to me. Central for, se for seventh grade. And what was that experience like? Well, that was the first time I knew that there were people in this world with a Jewish religion. In seventh grade, the Solomon twins were out for two days, and the teacher explained that they were uh, they had a tradition. It's Rosh Hashanah, and they uh, had to be home for religious reasons. That was the first time I had ever known that there were different, you know, different religions. I guess I thought everybody was Methodist. <laughs> when you um, you graduated from Central, yes, I did. The uh, class of '44. <laughs> and what did you do after that? Well, uh, I went to business school here in town to learn to type. The first job I had gotten, I worked um, the fall after my graduation at the Board of Elections here. Lo and behold, I looked up one day, and this guy from Chicago had heard. I had said where I worked, and so he came looking for me, and so he recorded, and uh, I got married. Mm. Okay, so you were about what seventeen? Seventeen. You got married. 17. Well, let's uh, let's go back to your work in New York. You were uh, in the labor movement, and this, of course, must have been during. Yeah. 1960s. 60s. Mm -hmm. Civil rights movement. And what what were your observations of this 1960s and that? Time? Well, that was my first experience with uh, collective bargaining agreements. 
so that began a whole feeling of uh, uh, of the right of the worker uh, I was a part of the textile strike during uh, that period and I rode in the car and I sang Solidary Forever up and down 39th and 38th Street my boss drove the car and I sang uh, it was very interesting experience very 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 I worked for 25 years for the International Council of Shopping Centers a lot of people don't even know about but anybody in the industry knows I worked all over the country in the last 11 in Canada but until I uh, retired I really was the only black executive now they have about three or four and this is because this is an industry that has very few blacks it still has very few blacks you worked in the 60s you were in the labor movement obviously some successes what do you think where we are today we have backslid I know why schools are segregated because of housing patterns uh, I'm a firm believer in integration even if you have to bus the children because it's the experience of uh, the white and the black knowing each other in a uh, warm situation in a, in a school situation and not not an artificial situation an everyday life situation many in South Bend has historically been certain areas have been black now the civil rights movement changed that to a certain degree because now it's strictly an income. If we have uh -huh. income, you can live in Granger. You right. can live in Norwood. You right. can live where you want to live. Right. But we still have predominantly areas that are, are black, and that affects the schools. Mm -hmm. Did you, what do you think about the civil rights movement in the 19th? Did you see some positive gains here? You lived it. You, yes. And I even went on a freedom ride. You did? Yeah. Tell me about that. I went, uh, my husband and I, Leslie, uh, we were a part of the movement of, uh, to desegregate the lunch counters. And so we were on a, got a part of a group that went down to Maryland and uh, it went to the church and we, they said, now this side of the church, if you are willing to go to jail, sit on this side of the church. If you're not, sit on this side of the church. Well, we sat on that side of the church. We were going to go to jail. And then uh, he said, you will go to a, a restaurant and you will attempt to get in. And you'll have a leader from our community. You will attempt to get in. And so that's what we did. Did you meet any of the civil rights leaders at the time? Oh, yes. Andrew Young. My husband uh, knew Dr. King very well. Okay. Yeah. He, um, Dr. King used to speak at the Union conventions up in the Laurels, and uh, he would come, and uh, and I knew him. I, I mean, I I've sat like this and talked to oh, him. Oh, okay. good. We were at the 1963 March on Washington. I sat on the ground in back of the and heard him make the "I Have a Dream" speech. He must have been larger than life uh, yes. person but uh, well his his message was so clear and that was a wonderful uh, experience
South Bend's Own Words is made possible by executive producer Kevin Tidmarsh and me, George Garner. Want to see and hear more about South Bend's history? Our archival collection is online at Michiana Memory, a partnership with the St. Joseph County Public Library. Go to michianamemory.sjcpl.org. Special thanks to Civil Rights Heritage Center Director Daryl Heller for his guidance and support for this project. Learn more about the center and how it changed a formerly segregated South Bend swimming pool into an active learning center, dedicated to sharing the history and contemporary issues around civil rights and social justice. Visit us in person or online at crhc.iusb.edu.